Welcome to the CAFMA Connect, Cliff Notes of the Review. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me today as my guest co-host, because as you can tell, this is not Assistant Chief John Fetima. He has tried for weeks to get out of this, and he finally weaseled his way out uh, with the unsuspecting but ever-gracious firefighter paramedic, Kayleen Mall. Kayleen, welcome. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate the fact that John didn't tell you anything about this. <laughs> that is correct. Other than, and, and I'll tell you what he said last week was, you know who would be good at this? Kayleen. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. He goes, I'll make it happen. <laughs> so I showed up here this morning. I said, what did, what did John tell you? Yeah, nothing. This that'd is, be nothing. This is perfect then. I, I appreciate you being here. And once again, we've brought something to liven up the studio space. I had a couple of firefighter Santa Clauses and Jen was out of town today. So I absconded with them from the house. Uh, Jen, I promise to put them back and not break them between now and uh, when I get them home. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, because it, Kayleen, you looked at this when you came in, the American flag that's behind us. One, we are patriotic, especially because we're in, uh, in Prescott. But two, this was made by Captain Damien Liss. If you are interested in purchasing one of Damien's art pieces, uh, please reach out to him. He does a fantastic job. This one is on loan uh, to us. <laughs> so uh, first and foremost, I think this week it's important to point out, uh, Kayleen, that you know, Director Jeff Wozniak's passed away Monday morning. And you know his passing caused me to think a little bit uh, back on – the idea of legacy and what people leave. And it, did you meet Jeff or know him? I did. I've met him a couple times and he was always the friendliest person, super warm, excited to talk to you, made you feel like you were an important person, which was actually really cool. And, you know, his wife is the same way. And ever since his diagnosis, they have just been the most gracious, courageous, upbeat, positive people. And, and you talk about a time in your life where you could kick the dirt and no one would blame you for that. They always maintain just this positive outlook, and they they squeezed every bit out of every day that they could. Uh, just amazing people. And so, when I thought about Jeff this week, I thought about legacy and what what we leave behind. You know, what are we doing? And I think one of the analogies that people use is uh, plant a, plant the seeds of a tree today, um, and th you'll never enjoy the shade. And I, I obviously have that screwed up, but you get the idea. You know, you're not going to enjoy the shade, but others will. And it's leaving something uh, behind. And I think Jeff did that. And I, I hope I can capture some of what Jeff left um, and and carry that forward as part of his legacy, because he was such a, a great man to his family, uh, to the community, to uh, his place of business, and to our organization. He's a member of the family, and uh, we're very sorry for the loss. Um, and our thoughts and prayers remain with the family. Absolutely. So when, when we talk about legacy, and the first thing I want to do, Kayleen, because I think it's important to introduce who you are. So first and foremost, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Flagstaff, Camp Verde area. I just kind of switched between the two. Okay. And after high school, you went to? NAU. NAU. And what's your degree in? Exercise science. So tell me about uh, the fire service. What what sparked your interest in getting into the fire service? So it's kind of that's kind of a funny question because I never thought I would ever be here. If you asked me in high school what I'd be doing 10 years now, which is sad to say, 10 years later what I'd be doing, I never would have told you I'd be working full-time for a fire department as a firefighter. So what really drew me into it was the medical side. 
okay. of the fire service. I wanted to do something medical, couldn't decide what, couldn't get excited about anything. And so once I got into EMS, I ended up loving it. Okay. And then just in a roundabout way, I was volunteering at a fire department for the EMS experience. And they're like, hey, you want to take the one two class? Sure. Make me more useful. Ended up really enjoying that side of it too. Okay. And everybody told me there's no longevity in EMS, just the nature of it. Right. Unless you go fire or flight. So, well, I'm kind of already doing the fire thing, so I guess I'll give that a shot. Right. And now I'm here, which is crazy still. <laughs> and how many years have you been with us now? Just a little over four years. A little over four. So, you know, and, and we talk about this sometimes, Kayleen, we, we have people go through an interview. And what we'd like to do is really record it or take the notes and put it in a file. And about the five-year point, pull it back out and say, hey, what happened to this person? This, this is the person you said you were when you were hired. Um, and here's where you are today. What, what did we lose? What can we do to help you get, get you back there? And one of the things I have to say is, one, in your interview, before you left the room, we all wanted to hire you. And four years later, what you've accomplished uh, from my perspective, as well as your peers is absolutely uh, amazing because you've maintained that positive outlook, that positive attitude, that drive to accomplish. Um, why, do you, why do you think that is? What what keeps you motivated? And, and this is important because there are people who lose that motivation. So what can we do or what do you do to keep yourself motivated coming in every day to do just the best you can? So I'm still human. I don't, I'm not motivated every single day, sure. I'll be honest with you. Right. But what I've finally figured out, and it took me a little while to figure this out, is for all the stuff that I do and the stuff that I enjoy putting a lot of effort into, I've finally realized to pick out things that I enjoy. Okay. That I have fun with. Not, I'm not signing up for certain events or programs that I'm not going to enjoy because I'm not going to put a lot of effort into them or as much as I would like. Sure. So I finally figured that out, saying yes to the things I enjoy, say no to the things that I don't, that don't appeal to me. Okay. And then just coming to work every day, the biggest thing that motivates me is just to have, a, have fun. And the way that I have fun at shift is just doing the best I can because I don't feel right. good about myself if I kind of half-ass something and don't do something correctly. So I feel guilty. So I don't like that. So and then just with the crews, running calls, be nice to people. Right. It's way more fun not taking anything too seriously. Has really helped me to stay positive, try to hopefully have a little bit of an influence on the crews that I work with because, you know, we all succumb to it eventually. That Right. A little bit of burnout, negativity. It's like really easy to do, really easy to become influenced by it. So right. that is one of my goals is to try to just be one of those positive people on the truck every day if I can. Right. Well, and maybe it, it sounds like you came into it with a realistic expectation of what it was because of some of what you did while you were at NAU and then uh, post-NAU uh, working for that that other agency mm -hmm. uh, uh, outside of Flagstaff. and. It goes to something called the morale curve. Uh, it was created in the 1960s. So despite what you think before I was born, uh, I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, when we put out promotional videos for the fire department, what do you typically see? Explosions. Come in and join us because everything is just exciting every day, every minute. You're saving lives. You're putting out fires. You're rescuing people from car crashes. And... That's not the reality. No. 
<laughs> and and so what happens with the morale? The idea of the morale curve is people come in up here. The line they should be at is really here, but then when they they see reality, they just start taking a nosedive, and sometimes they'll go below that line. And you hope you can get them back up at least in the line, maybe above it. And like you, there there are days where you're just not motivated. I mean, I I have that. There's days where I'm just at my my end. You know, I don't want to deal with the some of the BS anymore, so I'm ready to take a break. But you know, I think one we need to work on our recruiting so that we're realistic. And I have an idea for a recruitment video Uh-oh. that doesn't include <laughs> just things exploding. I think that we have somebody with a toilet brush smiling as they're <laughs> cleaning the toilet or with a broom. That would be more realistic. Because, yeah, right. <laughs> Set the expectations. And uh, one of the articles that we shared in the review this week is actually, uh, it's an article out of Fire Rescue Magazine, or Rescue One, I'm sorry. And it it talks mainly about the police to start, but then it goes into, hey, you know what? We, we shouldn't recruit or train firefighters like they're in the military because that's not, that's not what we are. And it sets people up to have uh, kind of a different mentality. And, and really, we're here to serve the community. We're here to serve each other in the fire station. Um, and we're here to make sure that the equipment that the public has entrusted us with is maintained and protected so that we're ready to go. And that does include the toilets and the fire stations. I mean, the big red truck is nice and shiny, but that white bowl is important too, (laughs) because it it does show a commitment to the overall organization. So I'm reading a book right now, and I know you hear that a lot from me. I'm reading reading another book. And uh, a lot of times I fall asleep while I'm reading because I'm tired. But it's called uh, Radical Candor, How to Be a Kick-Ass Boss. And it's written by a woman named Kim Scott. It's a it's a great book, um, and they talk. She talks about something uh, that she describes as superstars and rock stars, right? And I, you know, I don't look at it that same way, but I get the concept she's talking about. And basically, what she's saying is, superstars are people that are on an upward trajectory. They're just like this in their career. They're they're flying. Uh, straight up, and they're just achieving things. And then the rock stars, as she describes them, are people that are on a lower trajectory, but they're knocking it out of the park. They're doing great things. Hmm. And what she said is there's times in everyone's career that they're on the superstar, they're on that that straight up, you know, accomplishing things. And then there's other times where they, they, they're not plateauing, they're still progressing, but they're like, hey, you know what? I need to get good where I'm at at what I'm doing. And I know there's been times where I've pushed you and others and said, Hey, what's the next step? And I didn't realize until I'm, I, I was reading this that, man, you know what? Kayleen, Jake, you know, others are right. Hey, you know what, chief, I've, I've done this so far. I just need to get really good at where I'm at and then regain. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. And I can, just thinking about it as you're talking, I feel like I'm more on the rock star path where I'm want to get good at what I'm doing because I don't feel like I'm that good. <laughs> and and that makes complete and total sense. Mm-hmm. And and what she says is if you try to take someone who's on that, that lower glide path right now, for example, and they're just working to get really good at what they're doing so they have those skills to, and, and then they're going to take that next step and, and go that next place – if you rush them, then you're going to end up demotivating. And 
you, they're not going to be as driven as they move forward. And and we don't want to do that. So um, you, you, what do you think? That totally makes sense to me because I could see somebody that tries to rush through and promote because that's what they feel like they should be doing. They might not be being set up for success. Right. You might be setting them up for failure because they haven't gotten enough experience. They haven't gotten enough of a lot of the guys use the analogy of the slides in their slideshow. Right. That maybe if they had spent a little bit more time in the backseat or engineer seat, if we're talking promotions. Sure. That they would have seen this before, maybe would have handled it a lot differently if they had had more time in a different spot because they weren't quite ready or confident enough or whatever. So from your perspective, and, and I, I want you to be honest with me. What can we do as an organization, me as the chief, um, the assistant chief who threw you under the bus, uh, <laughs> Chief Fatima, that is, just as a reminder for everyone, um, but what what do you think we can do to help support um, you and your, your position and others, you know, the other firefighters here that are uh, on different paths to do different things, uh, they're in different places, how do we... Is there a better way for us to keep people motivated? Is there something more we should be doing or offering? So the first thing that comes to mind, just because it's something that I've found myself struggling with recently, is just even at the crew level, staying motivated on shift to keep training. Because I mm -hmm. do honestly enjoy training, but I'm very guilty of not being the one to instigate it. Okay. And I've worked with a lot of crews, not anything against anybody that... Mm -hmm. There's not a lot going on. There's, I would really appreciate if I could be the one to be jumping in and be like, hey, let's work on this. Or a captain to, hey, mm. let's work on this. Even if it's with seasoned firefighters. Right. I, mean, I don't see myself as a seasoned firefighter, but not brand spanking new anymore. Right. But still, there's so many things that I need to brush up on, keep up on. Okay. And I'm totally guilty of just being like, eh, I'm comfortable here. I'll just read this today, whatever it is. So. I think that that, for me personally, would help continue to motivate me. Right. So if the department and training division captains if could just motivate us to, or just keep giving us opportunities, I guess would okay. be a better way to put it. Keep giving us opportunities to train and to really hone in on the skills we already have. Okay. Not necessarily, I don't need to be working on engineering stuff. Because I'm still a firefighter. I'm still in the right. backseat. So there's still a ton of stuff. Even though I've gone through the academy and I've been on for four years, I haven't had very many fires. I haven't done a lot of right. triages or I haven't extricated a lot of people. So there's still a ton of stuff that I need to work on. And so just encouraging me to keep working on some of those things okay. and not expecting that I know everything. Sure. Because I definitely do not. So, so let me let me ask you this. Let me let me run this by you and tell me what you think. If if the training division were to come out and say, uh, company officers, the expectation is that at least once a month you're going to assign one of your crew members to uh, develop a topic and teach it to the crew, mm -hmm. or uh, here's a list of topics. For this month, I want you to assign one of those to one of your crew members and it needs to change each month um, and and have them develop a class on that. Do you, it, Would that get to what you're talking about? I think so, especially if they could help give us ideas for topics, because that's something I struggle with as well as, yeah, I want to work on stuff, but I don't know what to work on. Okay. I always tend to think of the same things. I'm like, well, I've done that recently or I feel pretty comfortable with that, but I know there's other topics, but... It's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Sure. 
So I think that would be an awesome idea if they just had a list of ideas. They don't need to be crazy in depth kind of topics. But, and I also like the idea of putting it on us Mm -hmm. to present because I know for myself personally, when I'm given a task, I put a lot more ownership into it. Sure. I learn it a lot better. And yeah, just that having that responsibility makes me actually engage a lot more. Okay. Well, that's something I get. Dustin and Eric Merrill, I am coming to talk to you uh, this (laughs) afternoon because you know what? After this, I have some time in my schedule. Perfect. And uh, sorry for everybody that I'm creating more work for us now. (laughs) To to assign things. This is why people like me to travel more. Uh, Because when I'm around, like this year with COVID, I come up with ideas. Like podcasts. Right. Uh Like podcasts. I had that thought. (laughs) Uh, but the podcasts are fun. I'm having a, a good time with it. So, uh, Kayleen, as you look forward in, in your career, what are some some short-term things that you would like to accomplish? Even if that's just, hey, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get some training in this area as a firefighter. Um, but what are some short and long-term goals that, that you've set for yourself? So short-term, one of the big things that I've been working on is gaining confidence as a paramedic. I feel like I've gotten a lot better talking to patients, but my scene management is not very strong. Okay. Especially dealing with other, either our crews or lifeline medics, lifeline crews. That's who I'm struggling with. Okay. Is just being confident in the knowledge base that I do have and not being afraid just because somebody has more experience than me, just turning to them and be like, well, you know better. Right. Because... I'm learning that some, a lot of them don't know better Sure. in the certain situation. Maybe they, cause I have a different perspective, whatever the reason may be. So that's a big short term goal that I'm working on daily. Okay. Not always the easiest long term is just, I don't know, I'm in like a weird transition period. I feel right. like in my life where I'm really happy where I'm at in the position that I am in. Okay. Although I feel like I should continue working forward but I'm indecisive. If I really want to keep working too quickly ahead, right? kind of stay where I'm at. So I just really want to get confident in all aspects of my job, obviously, and get good at it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and the, the interesting thing is you've been on for four years, uh, typically 25, 30 years to retirement, and you will be amazed how fast that goes. That's what I've heard. (laughs) It's surprising to me that I've been in emergency services now for 27 years. Now, because of my retirement background coming out of Missouri, thank you, Missouri, uh, I have another 10 years to go. So I'll have 37 years in emergency services when I finally retire. Um, And even then my financial advisor says, hey, you should work longer. Uh, My message to him is you need to fix my accounts. (laughs) Make this stuff work, magic. So, you know, it's it, it goes by fast. But I think the important thing is enjoy where you're at. Enjoy the ride. Um, put forth the effort to continually improve. Um, and, and don't promote until you're ready. Now, I say that, but there's still going to be some pushing because some, some folks do get a little too comfortable. And, and you do have to come in and give them a little nudge and say, hey, really need to start thinking about this because as John and I have talked about, we have a lot of change in the organization in the coming years and we need people that are going to step up and take these positions and continue to move the organization forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sometimes that reluctant, 
leader is what we need. So keep that in mind that I'm going to leave you alone for a little while, (laughs) but then uh, myself and others will likely push you a little bit. And and a lot of people in the organization, um, because we want people to achieve. And we understand not everybody wants to promote, but we want you to be the best you can be in whatever position you choose to be in. I like that. And and provide you what you need. Now, there's another question I have for you uh, because it, it this topic is talked a lot about in the fire service and its diversity. And it's no secret that, you know, there's not as many women in the fire service as we'd like to see. Um, so a couple of things. The first one is, you know, you, you were dr- drawn to it through EMS and then by happenstance, the fireside. What are some of your thoughts on what we could do better to recruit more women into the fire service? So I think one of the big things is just letting women know that it's an option. Because for me personally, like I was saying in high school, I never would have told you I would be doing this. That's because I never saw it as an option for me. They had a fire science program when I went to Camp Verde High School. So I knew of the fire service, but I always thought of that as a guy thing. Okay. I never put any thought into it. So I'm hoping that I can kind of help with that. And I've done a little bit through doing some career presentations at schools. And I also help with the college one and two class. Okay. And so just putting out that it's an option. I don't even go into those career presentations trying to recruit, but I just think it's cool to let young girls know, hey, this is an option. So is being a police officer. So is being a construction worker. So is anything else in these male dominated fields. Just knowing that it's possible and it's sure not out of your options. Well, and I think that's why, and and you're not aware of this yet. Uh, I'll make you aware of it now. As we develop the recruitment video, uh, I will be talking to you and looking to you uh, to be a part of that. Had a feeling. But we, we, (laughs) so I had another idea and Alan Brunacini used this years ago to recruit for the fire department. And he went to the local colleges and I think some to the high school level to the athletic teams Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, are you going to be a professional athlete? And for a majority of those athletes at the collegiate or high school level, the answer is no. And and we have a couple of, of personnel here who were on that path, and mm-hmm. then now they're on the fire department side of things. And he said, if, if you're not going to be a professional athlete, but you still want to be a professional athlete, think about the fire department as an option. Because you you have to be athletic. It's a team sport. You know, you're on an engine with three people. When you go out to a scene, you're with another engine or four engines or whatever. Training is similar. You, you know, you're working hard towards that. So uh, we've talked to Yavapai College, and as soon as we can get COVID in the rearview mirror, uh, we're going to be able to go present to their athletic teams. Hmm. And it, not just the men's basketball team or the men's baseball team, but we want to talk to the women's soccer team the women's basketball team, uh, whatever that is, and and go in and talk to them. But we want to bring you along. And we're looking at Cody Rafters, Josh Redfern, um, to bring in there as well to talk about, hey, here's my transition from uh, college athletics into the fire service. Mm-hmm. That's a good angle. It makes sense. And I, my hope is that if you are willing and potentially Leslie's willing to go in with us and talk to some of the uh, female sports teams that they'll see, Hey, you know what? This is an option for me. 
And if we approach them and provide that information, maybe it'll help. Yeah. Can't hurt. That's for sure. No, no. We try a lot of things that, although sometimes we say it can't hurt and it does, um, <laughs> but that's a totally different uh, topic. Anyways, um, Kayleen, I really appreciate your willingness to come on today. I know you weren't expecting this. I know you've been on, this is your uh, third shift in a row. Mm-hmm. So 72 hours. Uh, Nate, your wife is wonderful. There's a, a <laughs> shout out to, to Nate. Um, we appreciate him. We appreciate him coming in. Uh, he works for a different agency. We're not going to say who it is, uh, <laughs> but he is part of the CAFMA family. So that makes him pretty cool. And we'll, we'll go Take with it. that. Yeah. So, uh, Kayleen, again, thank you so much for your willingness to come on. I'd like to have you on again sometime where maybe we, we do a little more background and research into uh, some of the topics in, involving recruitment and trying to recruit some uh, female firefighters. Maybe we get Leslie in here with you. Okay. Uh, because I'd love to put something out that we could package for some of the schools to use uh, and, and show to uh, their classes and say, look, this, the, the firefighting career field is for everybody. I like it. Not just one segment. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, please take a look at the review. If you want to learn more about legacy, uh, we wrote that this week, or I wrote that this week. Kathy uh, in the front office is currently proofreading it because I know Kayleen was looking at it and she's like, chief, I need to fix your grammar. <laughs> uh, and I get it. Kathy has it already. So I don't look stupid when it comes out, but uh, again, thank you everyone. Thank you for watching. And until next week, uh, try not to get in trouble. Okay.